And what is up? My name is Kevin Wu, I'm an online fitness coach who helps men in their 20s lose weight and get asked for the first time through mindset, nutrition, and training. That's enough about me. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Live Inspire Podcast. Today is Tuesday, so I hop on a client call on Zoom. We're talking about navigating mental health days because we all have not those great days. How much does muscle soreness relate to good workouts? What happens if I don't eat enough protein or under-eat my protein goal? Do cold showers help? Benefits and disadvantages. We all know the Wim Hof and all these cold showers, cold baths popping out of nowhere on social media. Also, do I have to train till failure? Long weeks of travel, I'm managing that, along with hunger and overeating. So let's go dive right in. So, our uh, first one is navigating mental health days. Uh, that's not the one I had it, but... How much does muscle soreness relate to a good workout? That is the one I actually added in because I know that is something that's always kind of in the back of mind, especially uh, when people start working out first, definitely in the back of my mind. Well, actually, no, the forefront of my mind when I first started working out for many years. What happens if I don't eat enough protein? Run, eat my protein goal. Do cold showers help? Benefits, disadvantages? You guys probably really hear lots about the cold bass and all that stuff right now, the Wim Hof and all that. So that was a topic brought up by one of you. Also, do I have to train till failure? That is one I had in personally self because I always do talk about the training intensity and what it really kind of emphasizes points and what it really kind of means and why we should kind of go about this way. Now, long period weeks less travel and also managing hunger first overeating. I scud dive into the first one mental health days. So I was gonna say this one is first things is just acknowledge your kind of feelings. Right. So actually feeling your feelings is one part that I really learned that actually helps you navigate through them. Because a lot of times, let's say when you're having a bad day or something, let's say bad kind of happened. The last thing you kind of want to do is just sit in those feelings, kind of just extract yourself. A lot of people distract themselves on like food or like maybe it's working out for you. Like that's a big one for me or for walks or just something else. But that actually the longer we kind of just like ignore that kind of feelings, it or what actually kind of happened. Maybe it was, I don't know, a car accident. Maybe it was someone passing away. Maybe it was, I don't know, a breakup or something like that. We just ignore all that. It's going to almost like bottle up inside of you and it's going to come out eventually or in different kind of ways. Like let's just say you had like binge or some other kind of problems had down the road of our health. And so that's one thing I definitely kind of learned from that aspect. And also like on a podcast, doing therapy kind of myself and the experiences because I personally been through that just was one to just bottle everything up and never just kind of like feel them. I'm always trying to be the guy that's always feeling the best. If not feeling my best itself, something's wrong. But I realize that's not exactly how life works all the time. So just acknowledging your actual feelings itself and process it. Like when we're processes it, it's like sit in it. So it's actually like, you know, you feel those emotions and you kind of like talk through what kind of happened. You feel all that, feel all about. And then it's possible to kind of go, um, go through the next part. Well, it's communication, like talking to close friends, family, colleagues, because they're kind of, we all have those days are not feeling the best in this aspect. And that could definitely help. And self care, like doing things relaxing and charging, like maybe working out, like you go for a walk, you, you, you watch a favorite movie, and you can read a book. I said that already. Uh, yes, personally, for me, I do an extra lot of workouts, go for the walks themselves, like kind of my kind of self care. If, if I really kind of feel that way 
As with that being said, if physical activity side of things obviously is directly correlated to feeling better as well, like those endorphins in a scientific way. Also, in healthy eating, just actually giving yourself good foods because we are in a stress kind of time period, we're going to tend to crave those like high calorie foods like just donuts, cookies, pizza to make us feel better temporarily. But it's only going to make us feel better for maybe like 20 minutes, eat it, 15 minutes. And after that, you're going to feel shittier than what you eat before. You kind of felt like that as maybe so conscious to as well. You could beat yourself over for that. But also, those foods, like you probably know, you might all feel the best after eating all the shit. All right. So, with that being said, I personally have this process that I always go through called I uh, feel like, uh, process it and then move the fuck on. So, I kind of feel it, process all that, actually process, process it, then we keep on the right after. So, I try not to let feel it for too long itself, but I actually do process it. And I feel that all well because I know it's going to come but in the ass next to if I don't actually do that. So, uh, for another hard way, and also through therapy and a lot of podcasts I listen to, just really diving into all these kind of aspects that don't just directly involve that fat loss but fitness. Because I didn't say fat loss, it's very, very simple in the terms of, you know, calorie deficits. For more than we, well, eat itself and it was weight. But, it's, but the problem with, fat loss and all that is all the psychological components that come with it because we are humans we deal with those emotions and we have uh shit in life that comes up right so it's imagining all that stuff those feelings and all the hormones and just different mindful ways and just other things uh to work around that to get to that end goal so that does make sense over there all right so that being said how much is muscle soreness related to a good workout now i personally used to always be in this belief and had so many clients come to me too as well I'll reach you out for a few months or a couple weeks or like two months, something like that. Hey, I don't feel sorry more. Is something wrong? Right. And so, because we first started working out, like backtrack the first time I even started working out itself, I literally did five pound dumbbells. I did 10 reps on one arm and like that was like tell failure. You're not doing more. And I felt so, so sore the next day and the next following day. And then, because I, I, before that, I was like, I'm going to work out every single day because I wanted to change. So, and I got stats sore, and I was like, I don't want to work out. So I actually stopped working out for like three months after that, and I got back into it. But yeah, so that's how sore I was. And I was like, how do people work out if they just feel this way? But it's not actually related to a good work on that aspect. We feel sore because your muscles are challenged in like a new kind of stimulus, right? For example, like first start working out, like you mentioned, like a new training intensity, like some of you guys, you know, are while working for a while, so you have a drop set. Double drops, let's rest, pause, and you guys C7 or a surround or something to stimulate them also really push and challenge in a new kind of way, or just holding some pauses at certain kind of end reps. Uh, these are all things that kind of try to challenge those muscles in different range of motion that can cause that extra soreness to as well. Or even like me doing yoga, even though yoga is not fairly daring. Like I remember doing the yoga first time a couple like years ago, I was so sore. I'm getting back into it more recently, like a month ago. I did class and I was so sore the next day. But even though I'm not lifting like a super amount of heavy weight, it just said new stimulus my body is not used to, right? And that didn't mean that I had well a great yoga session. It just mean was a new stimulus for my body and having about use, right? Even like training abs with weights or if you're doing a new core exercise, you might feel a little more sore because new stimulus is a new motion that your body's not used to. And yeah, so bodies are basically at the end are made to adapt. It's more for a survival kind of reason, right? So with that being said, progressive overload is the thing to be looking for progression. 
So that's why you guys are all tracking work on our Sharpa work too as well. And for not, you know, progressive narcissists, that risk kind of low over time. And this is why we stick with like a certain exercise and have that certain routine and follow week to week. It's so we know we're actually progressively overweight. You know we're adding numbers to each week. And it's not always going to be linear. It's like not every single week for an athlete, you know, five pounds or do an extra rep than last week. So there's a lot of variables that go into our life, but also our bodies can't adapt that that quick. And just, uh, yeah. So with that being said, progressive overload, seeing those numbers go up over time, whether that's reps or weight, that's number one progression sign. That's we're getting a good workout over there. And that's what you want to be focused on, not how you know, much you can't move your legs the next day, but it's not a good indicator. So, no recommend that. All right. I do remember, remember one client back when I was in 2019. <laughs> she was like the most exaggerated client ever. Uh, just really into most soreness. Like, you just did a leg workout, air workouts for 25 minutes at the LA Fitness over there. So, we did some circuits and I basically had to do like some squats back-to-back, -back, some jump squats, like mountain climbers and some other ones. But basically, <laughs> next time she came to me, she said, she ran. she was like, she was like, yeah, fuck you, Kevin. Like, I'd rather give birth to my three kids again than go through that thing. <laughs> and it's basically, I was sitting in my couch for two days. But she was like, really exaggerated. She was like, one of those, you might exaggerate everything. I was like, yeah, like, good believe shit. It was like a fucking, like, you. I was like, uh, it's like, uh, like, like, you guys probably know what I mean, but it was really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, well, she's like, we're really close. That person, I just found so funny. But yeah, she worked with me for like the next four years still. Wow, obviously. Actually, All right, so that was a little starter there. What happens if I don't eat enough protein or under eats my protein goal? So, if you guys under eat your protein itself, it's not the biggest deal in the world, right? Now, if you guys are under eating, you might not recover as much as you kind of before. And if you have an under eating protein, especially all up here at the time, you guys are going to lose muscle, right? And especially if you're not going to gain muscle, it's a great option. If you're losing muscle, you're not definitely not gains, right? So, that being said, don't want, if you under eat protein one day, not a really big deal, but it's a very consistent thing. You guys might actually lose that muscle, especially you guys are using it, challenging it, working out, because if we're not, like preparing your muscles, that's a protein really does the building figure out stronger. Well, if we're not giving it that fuel it needs, it's going to take that energy away. It's you have to remember that muscles actually really energy demanding, not stuck in your body. And if your body is like, well, hey, like I'm not getting the nutrients it needs, but we're going to take this really energy demanding thing and go burn it off because one, you're in a calorie deficit probably. Uh, well, most of you guys work at this program, that kind of aspect, you should definitely shouldn't be energy to try to fall from gain muscle. It's taking energy from your body. So that's what the depth means. And it's going to look towards more muscle because, well, now you're not feeling what's enough. It's also super energy demanding. And your body is like, well, hey, now we're not getting enough. Well, the fuel is also really energy demanding. So we're strip away your muscle and use less fuel, right? So, but under eating protein, it's not going to be an idea. Now, if you just under eat kind of here to itself, the only things that you probably didn't notice is one of the long term effects. Sugar balance is going to be a lot slower than we got. Let's just say we got safer data and calories more over time. They're on a little point by budget, maybe it's like eight hundred, but also if let's say uh, you decide I'm going to get the house right away and I put you on like 2,500 calories, 
your metabolism gets slowed down a lot more catabolically because your body, like I mentioned earlier, is going to adapt, right? So if you're eating a thousand right away, probably goes harder weight loss. But then if you're going to hit a plateau, then you can only go up so low from there. You really have to strap this cardio at a few thousand calories. It's really hard to take care of the goal of a thousand calories. And in the long term run of things, you probably should yourself over, right? That's why a lot of people gain back that weight. I've hit that goal. So you know, I just really play rapids, get away with it more. But all at the same time, you need a lot less. You're significantly more likely to lose a lot more muscle mass. And it might not just be back as, as you do lose that weight, right? Because weight includes includes muscle, but also water and also fat. So with that being said, your workouts are going to suffer. Strength goes down. And strength is highly correlated to muscle preservation, right? So if you're benching, let's say, on a 2.54 and I did the cut, now you're benching like 185, well, I guarantee you lost a lot of mass on your chest, swimming around for 10 reps. Yeah, right? So that's why we slowly graduate um, those calories kind of touching downwards, uh, really kind of put around the chain one to make sure we cover it up. And that's a big part of the wall. So like I look into your numbers and also just that because as we taper down the calories, Usually your recovery goes down to use all to this not feeling your body with as much fuel. And I might actually have to lower the volume and not increase I might also depend on how your other factors are too in that one. So it's a lot of variables I kind of play around with and maybe add some supplements kind of help the recovery more, et cetera. So that's why I love the coach side. I think it's all very individual. I love other data kind of see how it is, but also on your end too as well. And you see that you're training with the amount of intensity because sometimes shoot this part out of fast. All right, so with that being said, do cold showers help? Benefits and disadvantages. So that being said, then if you have had a cold shower or an ice bath, you know it wakes you fuck up. That's an underwashing increased alertness and energy. And you guys, I don't know, if you've tried one night, challenge you to try one. That's it's going to be big awakening. But yeah, so don't me is a big part of it too as well. So it's called the Luna Hadsman. Releases a lot of dopamine. I was what, listening to his podcast, Dr. Kubrin, himself today, has about dopamine levels that talked about this too as well. And basically, when you do a cold shower, you have a baseline dopamine. Now, when you feel during a cold shower, it's like two and a half times elevated of that dopamine. That's why a lot of people uh, do cold showers first thing in the morning. It really wakes them up. Lots of dopamine lasts for quite a while there. It's a natural one too as well. And that kind of ask them. So I feel a lot better for a good little while after you do that. And it improves blood circulation that we're there. It can help with reducing the loss of inflammation to people recovery a little bit. Last I kept to wall and from that one, that also can help boost your wings. Now, this advantage itself, it's very helpful. Obviously, if you use advice, actually, it's and potentially can cause a little more stress if you're already stressed. And then you add it so, you know, cold showers like that, it can be just added to that, right? Because uh, your breathing pattern is going to play a huge difference when you're doing this one. And if you're like hyperventilating your aspect, causing more stress to your body, it's not great. So if you guys ever done cold showers actually last for a long time, you're supposed to control your breath, right? You really slow down that breathing over there because the more you breathe harder and kind of fidget more, the more actually colder it gets. Chat up weird when Think about you know when you move, you should be So that being said, also if you have like higher heart rate or blood pressure kind of naturally, it might be problematic kind of for you while there, especially those first few seconds if you can't really control or want to control all uh, your breathing a little bit. 
but the breathing was definitely key. And, you know, do we try those full showers? Definitely. Uh, maybe set a timer or something like that. And for like 30 seconds first, like build up kind of from there. And that asked like I think my law was like five S, but so yeah, it's not being there for a while. All right. So do I have to train till failure? So not necessarily you want to train close to or as a failure. Now the problem is when it comes to this topic, I know it's very controversial, is what true failure is, what most people think their failure is, is kind of right there. Right. So one of that is what people kind of push in the gym and once you start to feel also like that teach feeling, it feels gets hard. People think that is failure, but failure is like, you literally could not do any more reps here at all. And something I like to think about itself. Wow. Well, one of my coaches kind of like still this mentality is like, if someone put a gun in your head, you literally do not explain your reps. Like I literally what I think, well, 99, well, 95% of sets I do kind of do itself. Last week, the other 5% I just thinking about my pro card, pro card bodybuilding. And also part of that 5% is that third place I got nationals at Exactly. Fuck me. I'm never gonna feel that thing again. Ah, so, but that is not a little thing. Those are things I think about. Right now. So basically, that's the thought of feeling you want to get towards. Though it's like imagine someone on your head, you literally not see more any more reps over there. And the problem is, people kind of just push it in the gym, and once you kind of get the tired itself, they kind of stop. But in reality, if you really, really push it, you probably could have gotten only four to five reps over there. And now the closest to kind of feel the range itself where you get a lot of the muscle growth and most aspect is like just true to kind of three reps last hard to failure. But that's true feel like if I mentioned I've mentioned at some point you got and really cannot do any more reps. Right. So that's a huge kind of uh, line over there of like how hard to kind of trade. And that's kind of song where people tell why honestly they the train to failure, but in reality have a lot more tech really kind of push it on the other end, right? And one of the biggest things I believe that actually will help you out in your training is not when you're doing the sets, is before you do the sets. So if you kind of just go on your phone, and then let's say two minute time is up, two minute time is up, like rest period, you just go into the set, you're probably not going to train to that failure or even anywhere close there. Because how you go into the sets, it takes a lot, right? So like I kind of think about too as well, it's like I think about uh, me personally, what really motivates me is my pro card the bodybuilding and I always think about that one right so that is a big one itself and I always think about too as well it's like the coaches I did have like they all well, all of them have the same thing in common it's like always like you I know you're gonna go through it's like you have potential to perform I think about that right so there's some things I really still have in mind I get really walked in and get really zoned in right and that really helps me dial my intensity in it really helps me focus and really push that intensity. because a lot of people just kind of go into the side hits their 60 seconds rest, maybe with phones scrolling Instagram or something like that. They go out to a set and like they're kind of just going through it, right? Or maybe they kind of start thinking about some things in the set, but they're not as dialed in. And I think 40 games a set, that's a huge part where it also built my belt tubes. And yeah, so I definitely do believe it's like before it was a set, it definitely a huge role to the boys in my opinion. All right, so long periods slash managing hunger uh, overeating. So this one is with somebody that is traveling. He is not the most that's on call right now. But when it comes to wall appears probably on that aspect, you're gonna definitely have to uh, play around like what you where you are first of all. Uh, Debo right now, now this call he's in Africa. So in Africa, and where he is Nigeria right now specifically, he might not have access to the Costco. You know? 
might not have access to the good foods and all the other stuff you guys have to custom. So once you kind of get there, so definitely have to figure that one out. And that's something you're kind of managing and managing what we do kind of up over there. And there's usually any basics uh, from where I'll race chicken, but it's all about managing kind of what you do have on that kind of aspect. Not everything's going to be perfect. And awesomely, he did was really good. It's back to protein powder, back to his pills itself. And he's kind of set about kind of aspects and sharpening his supplementation. And he's really out him up in our eyes, like a big difference on battles. But, but now, because of managing hunger and eating, Obviously, the biggest one managing hunger is going to be having like the more kind of like balanced kind of meals on this kind of aspect to house plant foods. So when it comes to processed foods, there's whole foods a lot. There's like a lot of studies on this one. It's just like people eating processed foods, but also like whole foods. And basically, what we eat the whole foods, like whole foods would be like potatoes, rice, banana, chicken breast, things of like one ingredient when you packaging. Whereas whole foods, not be like your pop tarts, like your pizza and that stuff. Is to look whole foods naturally soft and be less calories than the processed foods because processed foods, your sides are really, really tasty, very palatable, very easy to eat. Uh, so your body is just gonna want to keep more, more of it versus whole foods. You can actually get fuller from that and you don't get those like trigger responses that they make you want to feel like when you eat more processed foods. So that's why eating more whole foods versus processed foods is definitely help and just like in my perspective. And managing that hunger. That's definitely kind of number one over there. Now, when it comes to managing hunger, choose full protein intake. It's probably my top key because protein intake is the most shitting one. Like, no one's ever got really fat from just eating plain rice and chicken. So, that's one thing in that kind of aspect. But if you just eat protein all day, it's probably going to be really fucking hard to get fat. And it's really pretty fucking hard to not lose weight over there just to get that one. This protein makes you feel so much more full. It's hard to overpin that kind of aspect. And it's definitely going to help me build my muscle and get towards that goal. Where's how I actually hang that protein take? That's going to help out. A lot of people, a lot of my clients do come in uh, before they aren't eating the protein. And they actually have a hard freaking time eating enough calories and getting the amount of calories in because protein's conversation without use that way. Even though they're eating a lot more, kind of doing versus before those aspects, they have a hard time eating, right? So that being said, protein take is definitely uh, very very important now when it comes to overeating or over here eating overeating is something that obviously can't fix or right then and there something to fix after that's what i'm going to kind of assume because if you overeat well you can never eat the food itself so when you kind of manage that one i would just say go back to your normal schedule normal diet plan that aspect a lot of people try to minimize it or kind of mitigate that by fasting the whole next day Working hours of cardio after that one, but this creates like a bad, fast loop. Unless you really do have like, let's say, a specific date you want to look for that's coming up really soon, when we're two weeks, uh, three weeks, something like that. So you can really have to look certain day or motion, you know, the wedding or something like that. That's really all that time that's squatchy. Uh, look for that one. Then there's other ways to maybe, like manage that one, that aspect. But like when it comes to actually maybe day and all wall terms, which all of you itself, you have to want to go back and see. Because the thing was about loss of keeping off the weeks, we stood out of it. And if you were to go back right on TA itself, you're just like watching it now, like, oh, actually, like, noodles, cardio, tea by salt, love. It, you know, it was the next day you're like, eating, you know, you're eating for a reason, and you're doing all the cardio, not because you're watching, because you're making up, which yesterday. So it's like watching, or like, you know, getting yourself out in that kind of aspect. 
that it creates negative feedback that the next like a lot of time with people come to me. So you just want to be a break about one shot, feel like you know, set, it's well getting yesterday, which is yesterday, not your full day, right? And if that weight will come on itself, but not maybe like right away if you in which if you mitigate that need two minutes after, you would say get back on try you know, maybe five days. So they're in staying that position over there, if that makes sense. So it's a little bit longer, but it creates his better launcher habits and keeping off that weight and we lost for a longer game anyways. It's not that much longer, right? So those are some things you definitely have to All right. So that was it for all those topics questions that and I see some little chats I will do. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Live to Inspire podcast, the number one podcast for men in the 20s trying to lose weight and get abs for the first time. My mission is to inspire others to be the best version of themselves to fitness. So if you guys are tuning into this episode and want to lose weight and get your abs showing for the very first time, then DM me the words abs on Instagram at KevinRuel underscore. That is K-E-B-I-N-W-U-W underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out lose that weight to get your abs showing for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.